every time somebody is considered to join our, our company or is interested in interviewing, one of my key questions to them is, are you willing to teach? And, and the reason is, is that if you're willing to teach, it means you're willing to learn. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here with uh, Marina Martins. She is the co-founder and CEO of Pigmental Studios. And Pigmental Studios is based in Washington, D.C. and in Los Angeles, California. Marina, welcome to My Company Story. Thank you, Don. Marina, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what Pigmental Studios is and what industry you're in and, and really what you guys do? Okay, well, Pigmental Studios is an animation studio, uh, primarily set up to create branded content in animation. Branded content means um, not just a movie and not just a TV show, but one that has several um, areas of exploitation. So uh, we look for creating stories that have a worldwide uh, audience as much as possible. Uh, we look for stories that have a worldwide inception in terms of their a cultural initiation. Uh, go ahead. So, so it's a so your production studio, uh, animation production studio, and you produce original content, or do people come to you with? They, I guess they come to you with scripts, or how does this all get put together? I actually started the company because I, I was very much in live action before, um, and and my um, expertise was in development. Uh, although I have produced, I've directed, written, etc. Um, and I, I read the script and I fell in love with it and it just happened to be an animation script and, and in my total utter ignorance, I, I said, okay, we're going to make this and realized that it was a completely different pipeline, a different process, a different group of people, uh, a different mindset. And, uh, and then I, I soon realized in order to really do a good job and, 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 and give the story justice and the project justice. I had to build a company. Wow. Uh, because I don't, yeah. <laughs> so you, so you, so you start, how long ago was that you took one project uh, some years ago, created a product then out of it or what, tell us about that, that journey. So, um, so I had, I had the one film and I realized that, that I truly did not have the resources or the team to make this film. Uh, to develop it and to produce it. So I, I had to think about what it would take to create the, the infrastructure to support that one film. And then um, one of my financiers had another film that he wanted me to develop. Uh, and he said he would finance our first film if we supported him in developing a second. So that made more sense. And it started to look like it was financially feasible to actually create a company to do so. Um, we ended up actually having a third film come in, which was a for hire situation, but I was very keen on engaging in that film because it was a co-production with Korea and China. And I am just enamored with the idea of finding ways to tell stories that initiate in different cultures, but that can be brought into a worldwide audience. So, um, so we, we, we actually began with that story. So tell us, are there, 
what is there an example of a film that I might have seen or might have heard of that you were a part of, or give me some context around that? Okay, so um, so in animation, the development phase is a very long phase uh, because development in, in in animation is not just a question of writing a script and and getting um, a producing directing talent team together and going out and shooting it. Forget about how long it takes to actually finance something like this, but. Uh, but so we started off with, uh, with development and we really focused on development. Uh, I acquired um, stories, I acquired scripts. I, um, I, we, we developed for television and we developed for features. Uh, one of our key projects that we're in pre-production on right now is called Household Pests. Uh, it was created by a, a gentleman called Sergio Pablos. Sergio uh, is the founder and uh, main guy in Spa Studios in Madrid. Sergio was also the co-creator of Despicable Me. Um, and just recently, this year, he won the BAFTA Award for Best Animation for his film Klaus. And, uh, for, and he also got nominated for an Academy Award for Klaus. So That's wonderful. He, so you're, he so is... It's incredible. Yeah, so you're putting together all of these talented people, uh, it just as a production company does, around a project to, to, to launch and develop and then launch these products that are out there. And animation, does that mean that they are in multiple languages or in one language or a common language? I mean, tell me more a little bit more about how that aspect of it is. Well, uh, we have been working on some technologies that will help us uh, translate um, uh, visual mouth movements to different languages, but uh, basically what happens is that uh, it will be dubbed. It'll be it'll be um, recorded in a um, ADR uh, recorded rather in a in a different language. I see. Uh, we will do, for example, on on household pests. We will do a China version. Uh, it'll have some some nuances. They'll, they'll likely play the U.S. version and the English version as well, but there'll be a China version that will be a stereoscopic, you know, 3D glasses and everything, a version there. So I, I like to, I'd like to spend time to really realize the nuances and differences in cultures and how our storytelling can be enhanced to include and, and different, uh, different perspectives. Yeah, and that's you, why we take tell, a long time. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit more, if you would, about that, about the unique perspectives of, of storytelling that you bring to storytelling. What is that all about? Well, everything is storytelling. Everything is a narrative. Everything we believe in, everything that we, we uh, know of, uh, our, our narrative in our families, our narrative in our churches, our narrative in our schools, that's what creates us and our beliefs and our, our behaviors and our social fabric. So for me, storytelling is the core. It's the core that began around fireplaces. It's the core that, that, that began when a hunter ran over to his small little group of, 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 um, of, ca of cavemen around the fire, and he told a story about the the <laughs> you know the, the mammoth woolly that was chasing him down there. And as you say, I mean stories in as far back as the Bible study. I mean uh, stories make up the core of of who we are and our society. And so you you've taken that unique perspective of stories and used animation to tell those stories. Is that is that a correct? 
Yeah, and animation is is unique in that because it's not so um, fully realized in terms of of, of expression and information. Because a human expressing something gives out a lot of information visually. Animation gives out a certain amount of information visually, and and I feel as as the audience, as the listener, you have to engage. You have to engage to fill in missing parts of it. So you become engaged rather than passive. And that's why I think animation is so easy to translate uh, across the world. And that's why I believe that animation is growing as an art form because it translates across different languages, different cultures far more easily. Yeah, I can see that. And that's why it seems to be gaining popularity because of that very fact about its universality. Now, tell, tell us a little bit about, you were telling me earlier about the connection you have with the Gallaudet University, and that's a university that serves the deaf community. Uh, so how is it that you got associated with them, and what do you do with that university in Washington, D.C., and what's that relationship all about? Okay, well, one of the things I should share with you is that every time somebody um, is considered to join our, our company or is interested in interviewing, one of my key questions to them is, are you willing to teach? That's a great because, question. <laughs> and, 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 and the reason is, is that if you're willing to teach, it means you're willing to learn. Good point. You cannot, you cannot get stuck in, 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 in the past and, and, and to try to articulate that, especially to the group of students today who are far more informed and far more expectant of you being current. So, so it's been a passion of mine uh, that we as a company would teach. Now, when I came to DC and I was invited to DC, I was brought to DC by the DC uh, mayor and his team. And uh, as I was wandering around the city with, with some extraordinary um, real estate people and, and development people and, and, and design people to look for a place to set up uh, Pigmental Studios in D.C., uh, I was lured <laughs> into an area called uh, Union Market, which was sort of up and coming five years ago. Um, it was this one warehouse that had been converted into, in, into um, kind of a pop-up. Um, and it worried me a little because it, it seemed a little sketchy because it was the meat district. It was the warehouse district. Uh, but across the street from it, there were these gates and these walls. So I, I went to that meeting and, and um, they brought to that meeting the provost of the Gallaudet University. And I knew nothing about the Gallaudet University. Um, and she expressed in that meeting her vision for opening up the university for her students to engage with the hearing world and for the hearing world to understand and engage with the, with the deaf world. And, and, and honestly, there was about 10 of us there and we were volunteers. So um, I thought, okay, I think I can make this work. Maybe, I don't know, but I know I'm touched. So I went home that night and couldn't sleep. And the next morning I called and I said, okay, well, this is the deal. I'm willing to come to the area. I'm willing to, to set up Pigmental Studios on one condition, that I can teach the students and they can teach me. Because 
if you think about it, the deaf community, the deaf, uh, a deaf person's ability to observe and react and understand nuance in expression, because that is how the deaf communicate through expression. Yes, they have a sign language, but that's, it's, it's not just the, the, the fingers. It's not just the alphabet. It's conceptual and it's, it's body and it's specifically facial. Wow. So I can see where it really is a two-way street, a two-way learning street where they are learning a great skill from you and you bring that opportunity to them. But boy, you guys and your staff will learn tremendous amounts of nuances of communication uh, of the way that they have had to adapt in their lives. And so it's a two-way street, isn't it? Absolutely a two-way street. And sometimes I wonder whether I'm getting the better of the bargain <laughs> because, because I, you know, when I teach the class, um, Yes, it's challenging. It is definitely the most challenging thing I have ever um, encountered in my life. But it's also the most invigorating and, and rewarding. Um, but they, they surprise me. Every class, there's just something new that they will do or say or I'll observe that will I think make me a better storyteller in animation, in the, in the ability to, to pick up on, on tiny nuance. I'll give you an example. Um, very quickly. One of my artists was busy working. She had a deadline and she was working um, on, on her art, on her computer. And one of the interns, a, a deaf uh, student uh, intern, uh, came up to her and asked, you know, reached out and touched her and asked her a question. And, and I watched this exchange. The artist looked up and and uh, the, the, the student went, oh, I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean to upset you. I just needed to ask you a question. The artist was so, no, no, no. You know, it's fine. Of course, I'm fine. I, I'm not upset about it. But there was an instant, an instant of irritation when she looked up that was caught so quickly. And I thought, wow. Wow. So what she's do, so... What, perceptive on those small nuances that you and I may just, it may just go right over our head and probably does most of the time, but to them, it doesn't. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have I, an, so that's a, that's a great example, Marita. That's a wonderful example. Tell me though, how, so you have a, a workspace in Washington, DC within the uh, Gallaudet University. And then what do you have in Los Angeles and how is that different from what you're going on in Washington? Well, we have a, a, a much bigger space here. Um, because we do a lot of our development here. Here what being we, where? What, where is here? In, in, in Washington, D.C. Okay. So we started off with a very big facility in, in, in uh, Los Angeles, and we were there for the first two years just in Los Angeles. And then I moved to Washington, D.C., and we went back and forth. So the, the facility right now is a, uh, a facility that we're, we're focusing on one particular project, um, that we're co-producing with a group in, in Los Angeles called um, uh, Astronomical. Uh, that project is called Mean Margaret. It's based on an amazing book, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, at the moment, that office is infused with, with everybody working on that project. So most of the development is being done here in Washington, D.C. So we've been TV heavy here in D.C. By the way, I should tell you that, that one of the projects we're developing here in D.C. Is, is a project called the Baobab Girl, based on an app that was developed by the university, by the deaf, for the deaf, 
and we're turning that into a children's TV series as a co-production with the university to help build the university's um, animation um, a course. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Right. So, so to answer your question, um, both. And actually, we're opening a new facility in Ireland. In uh, Well, we were going to go in June. It might be pushed now until September or even the end of the year, but we were supposed to open in June. Right. So I was going to mention that. So here we are. It's May 4th, uh, 2020. And we've been in seven weeks or so. It seems like forever of this lockdown right now. How has that challenge of dealing with... Uh, uh, with the world that we're in right now, uh, come home to hit you directly? What areas have you been hit and how are you dealing with those challenges? Okay. So um, from a personal perspective, I truly miss the energy that you build in, in, in a story room when you have a team of, of just amazing creators just bouncing off of each other and we throw ideas up on the wall and they just flow. And you you know, four hours can go by and you don't even know. I miss that. It's a little more challenging to to be spontaneous when you're having to work um, remotely. But with a seasoned team that have had the experience of working remotely for years, because animation is a very um, spread out um, pipeline or, or process. Most of us do our development in our own facilities, but then when we're going into production, we're generally looking for facilities uh, w that we could subcontract or, or work with or work in, in places where a tax credit is um, a financial advantage and part of the financing structure. All right. So Canada, Australia, uh, many places in Europe, Ireland, um, with a very substantial uh, support system there. Uh, because it's it's an expensive proposition, uh, right. this product that we make. And you make. can choose so, to be any, anywhere in the world then for really for many purposes in that. So tell right. me, what are, what are some other challenges that you'd want to pass along to other business owners that might be listening? Some challenges that you've had along the way and how you've overcome them? I think, um, I think the challenge is to, I think one of our major challenges was really to Technology-wise, making sure that 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 the resources that we took for granted at the studio were now made available to uh, to everybody wherever they happen to be, and we are lucky, I would say, because most of the artists already have their resources, um, and our system is set up for um, for a long-distance um, interaction. So challenge-wise, I think when there's a problem, when there are emotional problems, it's harder to gauge that they're bubbling up yep. because you, you're, you're, not, you're not sensing that, that process building up. So there's, there's more frustration, I think, uh, that needs to be acknowledged. Um, and how are you overcoming that? that challenge or what, what are some things as a business leader that you are doing to address that? Well, one of the things that I always say about the deaf community, and here I go again, one of the things that I, 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 I learned from them is that they're the best listeners, which is counterintuitive, but they're the best listeners because only one person speaks at a time. 
Interesting. And I, right. And, and so, you know, when, when you're, when you're in a room um, with, with a lot of people, the more dominant person will interrupt, will, enge- will interject, will maybe uh, comment and, 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 and reduce the effectiveness of somebody else's comment. Um, you can't do that so easily when you're, when you're long distance. Right. So the challenge of how you communicate is something that shouldn't be taken for granted because there's a different way to communicate when you are long distance. There's, um, there's, there's, there's more, there's more moments of each person having the screen and having the space and having the floor. And I think that that's actually great. It sounds like it. It sounds like you really learned an awful lot about the, uh, the nuances of dealing of deaf people working with you and your team coupled with animation and, and in that world and that realm. And that's really brought a unique perspective to your communication skills and your storytelling skills for that matter. Absolutely. This is great, Marina. Marina, if anyone wanted to get a hold of you after the show, what's the best way to do that? Um, pigmental, uh, my, my email. So it would be uh, m.martins at pigmentalstudios.com. That's to get a hold of me uh, directly. Of course, the website is uh, pigmentalstudios.com. And um, I do, uh, I have got somebody now who, who, who checks my social media a little more than I used to. And I'm learning how to be more respectful of that space and, and, and engage more. Um, so, but, and, and my phone number, um, 310-666-9213, which is an LA number. Uh, those are, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. That's great. Well, Marina, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. We've learned an awful lot about you and about your company and about how important it is to deal with uh, not just what we hear and see, but with uh, deaf people. And I really love what you said too, about how you guys are learning as much from them as they are from you. That's a great uh, It's a great two-way street and it's a great story to tell. So again, thanks so much for being on the show. Wish you the best luck. We'll be following you. Thank you so much, Don. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.